Hello and welcome to another week's edition of Stick Together, focusing on union news and social justice issues. Stick Together is produced in the studios of 3CR Radio in Melbourne. It's broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network and it is brought to you by your local community radio station. I'm Sarah McKenzie. Workers from the Bureau of Meteorology have gone four years without a pay rise as they negotiate their enterprise agreement. Staff launched another round of rolling strikes and other actions late last month as their bosses are still pushing the hardline agenda of unreasonable cuts to rights and conditions. So this week on Stick Together, we'll hear from the rally and the strike action that took place in Melbourne last week. And later, we'll hear from the Transport Workers Union, who are taking action against Eldi, demanding that they provide safe work conditions throughout their supply chain. But first, some union news. Last week, the federal court turned down appeals against harsh penalty rate cuts handed down by the Fair Work Commission in February this year. United Voice, the hospitality union, initiated the appeal on behalf of all workers whose rights are under attack and hospitality workers who have been directly affected by these cuts. Joanne Schofield, National Secretary of United Voice, responded to the federal court decision saying that this is a new low point for workers in Australia. It shows that the laws in this country do not protect workers and are out of step with community values. And the union will continue to challenge these harsh and unfair pay cuts and will continue to speak out on behalf of all workers. 700,000 people in retail, pharmacy and hospitality are affected by these government-backed wage cuts and all this while wage growth is at a record low across the country. The Turnbull government's support for cutting penalty rates, backed by big business, is already having an impact on people who can least afford it. Wage cuts are already spreading to other sectors, as workers in the hairdressing industry are being forced to defend their weekend and public holiday penalty rates. Sally McManus, the Secretary of the Australian Council of Trade Unions, continues to call for a change to the rules for working people, so pay cuts like this can never happen again. Safe Work New South Wales has issued a prohibition order, shutting down the $200 million renovation of the Sydney Opera House after electrical workers raised the alarm over deadly asbestos on site. The Opera House is owned by the New South Wales government and the works are funded by taxpayer dollars. Electrical workers stopped work earlier this month on the renovation of the Sydney Opera House, refusing to continue with the installation of cabling through the iconic building after receiving confirmation that potentially deadly asbestos had again been located in work areas and posed serious health risks to workers. Last week, the safety regulator issued builder Lang O'Rourke with the order requiring all work to cease in the ceiling space of the Joan Sutherland Theatre, which is the Opera House's second biggest theatre and performance space. The Electrical Trade Union said 35 electricians employed by electrical contractor Downer have been exposed to loose, cancer-causing asbestos fibres while installing cabling. But more than that, It also affects performers and patrons at the theatre. 
Asbestos contamination at the Opera House was first identified two months ago, with Safe Work New South Wales issuing improvement notices to the builder Lango Rock, giving the company seven days to eliminate the threat to workers. But instead of clearing up the dangers, Lango Rock threatened to take workers to the Fair Work Commission, accusing them of taking unlawful industrial action after putting their safety first and stopping work on the site. Companies will now be held accountable for the deaths that they are responsible for, with Queensland State Government passing legislation last week allowing people to be charged with industrial manslaughter if someone dies at their workplaces. Industrial Relations Minister Grace Grace said that the Labor government's bill was sparked by last year's Dreamworld and Eagle Farm tragedies, where four visitors of Dreamworld died on a ride and two workers at the Eagle Farm racecourse were killed. These laws will see a maximum penalty for industrial manslaughter of 20 years imprisonment for an individual and maximum fines of $10 million for a corporate offender. Minister Grace said that the laws reflected community expectations about how work-related fatalities should be treated, bringing about an important cultural shift. One Nation's Steve Dixon and the Liberal National Party voted against the bill, with opposition industrial relations spokesman Jared Blay describing the laws as the government's union payback. Unions across Australia fight tirelessly for the safety of workers and the accountability of corner-cutting employers and companies. Queensland Council of Unions General Secretary Ross McLennan said that unions had long called for tougher sanctions to make sure that dodgy bosses and their companies don't just get a slap on the wrist if their negligent actions have led to workplace fatalities. Last year in Queensland, there were 40 workplace fatalities notified to authorities. Victorian nurses working at Bupa took protected industrial action last week in the form of stop work meetings and bans on paperwork and overtime. The Australian Nurses and Midwifery Federation's negotiations for a new enterprise agreement have been dragging on for more than a year after commencing in July 2016. On top of that, Bupa recently announced it's making nursing positions redundant across Australia. Bupa nurses and carers had their last measly wage increase of 1.75% 17 months ago, and they're just seeking wages that match industry standard rates that are paid at other aged care nursing homes. ANMF nurses took all steps to ensure that these actions that they took didn't affect the health or the welfare of the people in their care, but these announcements of cuts to nursing positions and staffing levels will inevitably negatively affect patient care in the future. Australian Nursing and Midwifery Federation's Victorian Branch Secretary, Lisa Fitzpatrick, said that Bupa nurses and carers are escalating their actions to ensure Victorians understand the stress, the difficulties and the reality of missed care when patient workloads are too high. She also said that Victorians should be concerned that there's no mechanism in the federal aged care law, state regulators or the aged care complaint scheme that makes Bupa accountable for having transparent, qualified staffing levels. You're listening to Stick Together workers' stories and union news. Broadcast around the country every week on the Community Radio Network.
Community and public sector union members at the Bureau of Meteorology have launched another round of rolling strikes as management continue to push unacceptable cuts to rights and conditions. The rolling strikes across Australia have been accompanied by other forms of industrial action to apply pressure to management. Stick Together's Matt Kunkel spoke to workers at the rally in Melbourne where Bureau staff took strike action on October the 12th. I'm here at the front of the Age Building with Stephen McGibbony, a forecaster but also a delegate with the CPSU. Stephen, you just spoke at the rally. Can you give us a bit more information about what are the issues that are outstanding between the Bureau and its workers? Yeah, look, there's a few things that are outstanding. Um, in particular, it's some of the unfair cuts to allowances um, that we're seeing put on the table with certain portions of the workforce being targeted for cuts to allow a, a pretty low um, ball pay rise offer to, to the rest of the organisation and we just don't really think that's very fair. So in particular, um, our staff who work in Darwin, Cairns and Townsville, um, the Bureau's um, looking to cut their allowances um, because they believe that those locations are no longer considered remote. Um, but in an environment where they haven't had a pay rise for four years, you know, we think that's a, um, a pretty harsh um, position to be taking. Um, another big sticking point for us is, um, is consultation. Um, our current enterprise agreement has some pretty good clauses around the Bureau consulting with workers around changes that affect them, um, but um, any new offer is, is seeking to have um, those consultation rights really watered down considerably. So this isn't your first round of industrial action, there's been rolling strikes before. How have management responded to the industrial action? Um, it's, it's worked for us. We have seen management certainly move on some, um, on some of our, our key claims. Um, and uh, you know, that's what we're really hoping that this latest round of industrial action will, will get them to move a bit further on those, those few things that are really sticking points at the moment. We've heard from one of the organisers that there has been some, to some talks in the Commission and it's clearly laid bare the Bureau's bargaining plan. There are things that are, they say are demanded by the government's policies, but there are things that they just want and they're still pushing some of these things that they just want, aren't they? That's right. That's absolutely right. I think a, a few of the sticking points that we've got are, are really things that are Bureau decisions and we've sort of been talking about that at the bargaining table. Is, is this a Bureau decision or is this something that you know, you're being instructed um, to do by government? So there's certainly room for the Bureau to move, we feel. The proposed cuts to allowances are also coupled with the fact that people haven't had a pay rise for four years. Um, how are people do in the Bureau doing it, uh, four years without a pay increase? Look, people are, are really getting very frustrated. Um, obviously, you know, four years is a very long time to go without a pay rise and um, I'm actually um, really impressed and really proud that um, you know, we have voted down a couple of offers um, in the past that would have seen us get um, pretty low pay rises, but people were um, you know, realising that it wasn't worth what we were going to lose. Um, but people are certainly feeling the pinch and, and you know, really just want this to get sorted. I'm Monica and I've worked for the Bureau for 17 years. I'm Jenny and I've worked for the Bureau for close to 14 years now. And why are you on strike? We're on strike because after four years, um, the Bureau negotiating team is really not playing ball still. They've been hiding behind the government's bargaining policy. They had to throw out the entire bargaining team and start again because it just wasn't working. And they are determined to keep stripping our conditions and not compensate us for the ridiculous delays in this bargain. And is this the first time you've been on strike? Uh, no, this uh, bargaining round, unfortunately, because it's dragged on so long, we've had uh, action over the past three years. So, uh, look, this is a, a long time coming for us. We really just want to settle this. A fair day's pay for a fair day's work. And what are the remaining issues that are outstanding between the Bureau and the workers? 
One of the main ones is consultation. So there's a heap of change going on in the Bureau. The, the rate of change is actually accelerating. People are really change fatigued. So um, to not have that um, ability to consult properly about all those changes, people are really worried about that. And what about you've, now we just heard from the speakers that you've been four years without a pay increase. How's that affecting you? Look, it's a real struggle. Anyone who's got uh, caring responsibilities uh, is really starting to struggle. Um, uh, the cost of living, electricity, uh, childcare, rightfully so, those uh, childcare workers have, have increased. I've had partners in other industry, they've had a, a wage increase to try and keep up, uh, but this has just been ridiculous. And, and on top of uh, losing uh, just an annual increase to keep up with CPI, we're also losing other um, uh, conditions that allow us to, to get some rates that keep up with inflation too. So it's a double whammy, especially for those working in remote locations, doing it tough, going out there, extreme heat, um, extreme isolation. Uh, it's just really not fair to pick on small groups. If you could speak directly with Malcolm Turnbull, what would you say? I would say respect the work that we do. Bureau workers are so dedicated. We love our jobs. We're in it for the long haul. We have long careers. We don't just do it for two years and then nick off somewhere else. We're here because we love it. And um, we just want to be respected for that and shown the due consideration that we deserve. And I'd also like to say thank you to the public. A lot of the forecasters, we get onto the radio and we talk We talk to you directly. We try and um, help improve your safety as you go about your daily business. I'd like to say thank you. We've had a lot of public support. Uh, we are here. We are the scientific body. We are that uh, point of contact and we work hard. So thank you for your support. We've heard that you're on rolling actions until the 12th of October. Uh, is that the last of it? It really depends on what... The the Bureau management team come back with at, at the negotiating table and if, if they come back with something that's acceptable then action won't continue but if they're still following the same line we'll have to take more action. All power to you comrades. Here's Susan Tonks, organiser for the Bureau of Meteorology Workers at the Community and Public Sector Union, talking to me after the action on Thursday. Susan speaking. Hi Susan, this is Sarah McKenzie from Stick Together. How are you? Good, thanks Sarah. So there have been multiple actions that have been coming out over this bargaining period, but there was one Thursday 12th. What are the next steps? Um, is it back to the bargaining table or, it, or, or will it look like more industrial action? It's probably a combination of both. Um, we are, you know, it is, it's, it's been four years now, so, um, and we've, it's, it's just been escalating. Um, we will go back to the bargaining table. Um, we are meeting fairly regularly, um, but the, the industrial action will continue um, to keep the pressure on um, up this round of rolling stoppages that, um, that was part of what we did on the 12th. Um, will be, um, that doesn't finish until the 27th of October. And um, can you tell me a bit about some of the, I guess, sticking points in the agreement, some of the things that the bomber um, um, are seeking to change with the agreement? Yeah, the key cuts that are outstanding still, I mean, which are, you know, the, the cuts that are being done um, through, this, through this enterprise bargaining process are, they're ones that... Um, Strip that consultation um, for all staff. Uh, harsh cuts to remote localities are still on the table. Cuts to travel allowances. Um, they're sort of some of the key ones. Um, hey, you know, they haven't had a pay rise for 
four years, so the pay rise that will go through will be reasonably minimal, and there's no recognition for the delay um, of not having um, a pay increase for the, for the last four years either. Um, so, of course, this is a different agency, but this week the government announced privatisation of the Centrelink call centres, and there certainly seems to be a trend across Commonwealth agencies with these really long bargaining periods. Uh, what can what can we do to fight back? What needs to change? Well, certainly, you know, the system um, the system is broken in regard to IR with this, and you can see that from how the APS bargaining um, has has run over the last four years for all Commonwealth agencies. Privatising government agencies by stealth, which is what a lot of that equates to, doesn't value our, um, our, our public service. It's an essential service for our community. These people look after, if you look at the bureau workers, they have a critical job in um, keeping people safe and giving you know, information around the weather, severe weather warnings, floods, bushfires, all of that. The Centrelink workers do you know, such an important job looking after the most vulnerable people in our, in our communities. Um, and we need to have good quality, you know, professional corporate knowledge that, you know, that supports those services. And they can't keep, you know, the government can't keep asking these people to do more with less. Stick, Stick together. together. Yeah. Stick together. together. Yeah. Stick together. Stick together. Stick together. Stick together. Stick together. You're listening to Stick Together on Community Radio. Aldi is well known for its trademark cheap groceries. But at what price? The Transport Workers Union protested out the front of one of its Melbourne CBD stores on October the 13th over Aldi's cut price contracts, whose consequences see truck drivers not able to adequately maintain vehicles, driving longer than recommended hours and skipping mandatory meal breaks just to make ends meet. John Berger, the Transport Workers Union Victorian Tasmanian branch secretary, addresses truck drivers and their supporters at the rally on Friday. In the past 10 years, we've had thousands of people involved in road accidents and there's been fatalities, uh, as, as we know, and a lot of that's because of drivers that are fatigued. And certainly when Aldi uh, engages these people, they don't check the records. They don't, even when they go to their distribution centres, they don't see what these drivers have been doing in, in uh, the hours beforehand. And if they miss their time slots, they certainly just, doesn't matter, you just get up there and, uh, and do your unloading. So what we're calling on, what this protest is about today, is getting Aldi to come to the table and certainly uh, get around and talk to us about some of the conditions and some of the things that our people are getting involved in. So I encourage you people that uh, shop at Aldi here today, take this into consideration when you're purchasing from these people, what they do to their uh, people in the supply chain, and that is abuse them. And certainly even the people that work and they're behind the checkout, I know they get abused. So uh, let's keep an eye on that one as well. So if we get head back to where we are today, we want Aldi to come to the table and uh, have some meaningful discussions, like their counterparts, Coles, which have ended in arrangements with us, Woolworths that have signed a charter with us, and uh, some of the other major retailers around the country. And uh, we want them to make sure that uh, everybody that's uh, working in their supply chain is uh, working at the um, at the same rates of pay. And there's a fair, you know, level playing field for everybody. I think, you know, you people are, are fair-minded people. You'd expect that if they're working these long hours and certainly putting the hours into 
make sure that um, you know people can get their groceries uh, whenever they want. It's a 24-hour the day service. Our people have to work 24 hours a day. They have all this sort of stuff to contend with. Our friends from the CFMEU down there do a terrific job in monitoring the safety of our drivers as they're pulling up here and certainly monitoring the safety of um, the, the people that, um, that shop around here. But what they don't monitor, Aldi, is the safety of other people and that's the people in the supply chain. So thanks very much for coming again today guys. I'm sure that um, you'll see this in the media from time to time. We intend having another protest on the 15th of November this year. Aldi don't, don't know where we're going to pop up but uh, certainly uh, we're not going to let it go until such time that they're sitting around and they've signed a document that makes sure that people uh, are certainly looked after in the supply chain. So once again to all of our comrades throughout the trade union movement, thank you very much for coming along. To all the people in the public standing up there, thanks for our, your support here today. And I feel sorry for the workers in there because uh, I know what you're exposed to uh, with your LD management. The protest on Friday was the first since the federal court rejected a recent bid by Eldie for an injunction to force drivers from publicly bringing their poor safety practices to the attention of the public. TWU members at the rally and supporters had a consistent message, that workers deserve to be treated with respect and to be provided with a safe working environment. I spoke to a couple of TWU members and supporters at the rally on Friday. I'm uh, Paul, I'm a delegate for... Um TWU and this is basically all about the big companies um, paying safe rates to drivers and not you know sort of not using the cheaper transport companies and that so they can run their vehicles and keep them sort of all up to scratch and that by running like um, cheap transport companies paying paying people under the award to start and uh, working long hours not getting proper meal breaks and that they get fatigued and it causes accidents. So therefore paying the right rates and giving them the proper proper fatigue management breaks and all that sort of thing, sort of keep less um, carnage on the road pretty much is what it's all about. Basically about safety. And, and just paying them right so they can run their vehicles and um, and like, like with the um, fatigue management as well, you know, just have their proper breaks and all that sort of stuff so you know, everyone go home safe. And if uh, there's one thing that you could say to the head of LD today, what would that be? Just keep up with the rates. Coles and Woolworths have. They sort of didn't want to, but they're coming to the party with it. And it's just basically paying the driver what they what they should be getting, you know, to keep their trucks on the road, so. And not uh, running the risk of, um, you know, them doing the long hours. And uh, pretty much everyone gets home safe. We're here uh, protesting Audi today. They're failing to get on board with the union, failing to get on board with safe rates, and that's endangering people's lives on the road. And um, and what's the next steps on from here? Uh, Audi recently took out a federal court action to try and prevent uh, the union speaking up and representing people for them. Uh, that action fortunately failed in the court. So uh, we'll be keeping actions going on. There's more coming up in November, so keep an eye out for those. All right, thanks, Alan. So can you start by telling me your name and um, why you're here today? Uh, Scott Connolly. I'm Assistant Secretary ACTU. Um, look, this is an issue that affects every Australian. What's happening on our highways is an absolute disgrace. We're, day after day we see yeah, carnage, uh, truck drivers losing their lives, innocent road users losing their lives for one very reason, and that's because the retailers and the people at the top of the transport supply chain, like Aldi, don't accept responsibility for what's happening on our highways. 
if this was any other industry or sector, there'd be a Royal Commission, you know, industry would shut down, there'd be a public outrage. But year on year, we accept hundreds of people being killed in truck accidents, that that's okay, that truck drivers are somehow second class citizens. Well, it's just not okay. Every life um, is sacrosanct and every worker should have the right to come home safe at the end of a day's work, including truck drivers. And we're not going to stop this campaign, regardless of this government's views about safe rates and responsibility, until truck drivers' lives are protected and those numbers are what they should be in every industry, in every workplace. No fatalities. That's it for Stick Together today. Thanks for listening and thanks to everybody who contributed to today's show. This program is produced in the Melbourne studios of 3CR and then it's broadcast nationally by the Community Radio Network. Podcasts for this show can be found at 3cr.org.au slash sticktogether. If you'd like to get in contact with the producers of the show, give us a call on 03-9419-8377 or email us at sticktogether3cr at gmail.com. If you have a story about your workplace or your union, give us a call, send us an email, we might put you on the radio. And remember, wherever you are, whatever you do, there is a union for you. My name's Sarah McKenzie, and until next time, stick together. Stick together.